Professor Helen Marshall. Good morning to you, Helen. Good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Um, Why has the program been extended in the Northern Territory? Oh, we certainly want to offer um, 14 to 19 year olds um, the opportunity to be protected against meningococcal B disease. And obviously, the project provides the vaccine free. It's normally about $130, $140 a dose if you buy it, you know, on the private market through getting a, um, a script from the GP. But the study offers the vaccine free and we're really keen to have, um, you know, as many 14 to 19 year olds take advantage of that. Certainly, COVID has, you know, um, interrupted the program a bit. Uh, but now that we're sort of getting back to business as usual, uh, we hope it's much easier for people to take up that opportunity. Now, obviously, the program has been running uh, since 2021. So I'm assuming for around a year. Um, it has been, mm. uh, from all accounts, has it been uh, taken up quite well? Have we had quite a few people, um, you know, getting their vaccine for meningococcal B? We've had about about 20, 22%, 23% of um, year 10, 11 and 12 students taking up the vaccine in schools. Yeah. Um, obviously, we'd like that to be higher because, you know, the opportunity will cease by the end of the year and then, of course, people have to pay for the vaccine. And what we're seeing around the country is meningococcal B um, appearing again um, as I'm sure, you know, many of the listeners know, mm. many diseases... Um, sort of went away a bit during uh, COVID, um, but uh, B is on the rise again. So there's been cases um, in Queensland. We've certainly had a, a case here, a 13-year-old um, with B disease here. So yeah, right. it's not surprising. It's not surprising because um, the meningococcal, meningococcal disease or the bacteria uh, tends to follow influenza and we're seeing... Uh, quite a big and severe influenza season happening. So we're going to see more cases of B. So that's why it's so important that people get vaccinated. Well, and Helen, I know that there'll be people listening this morning who maybe don't know exactly what meningococcal B is. I know that um, on this show a couple of years uh, back, we'd spoken at length about um, the meningococcal, about meningococcal and uh, the terrible, terrible impact that it can have. I um, spoke to to a beautiful territory mum uh, who lost Mm. her little girl, Skylar, um, after she'd Mm. had meningococcal so it's something that we've spoken a lot about on the show but for those out there listening who maybe don't have a real understanding of what meningococcal B is talk us through it yeah sure look it's a devastating um, infection it's a severe infection uh, and it's a bacteria so it's caused by a bacteria and this bacteria actually likes to sit at the back of the throat in about one in ten young people the bacteria sits there and doesn't really cause any problems but um, for some reason, for say example, maybe you have a, a cold and you can imagine in your throat you get you know, inflammation and you get some damage to the tissue there, the bacteria can actually invade into the bloodstream and it can cause meningitis or it can cause blood, co- uh, blood poisoning or sepsis. And the problem is even if you um, diagnose it quickly and you get antibiotics on board quickly, um, you, there's still quite a high case fatality rate. So that means that about uh, one in 10 children will still die from this infection. And not only that, mm. if a child then survives the infection, there are a number of complications. So they can be blind, they can be deaf. Um, and what we see um, 
sometimes is um, because of the complications, children need to um, have uh, limbs or partial limb amputations because of death of the tissue, um, because of the complications of that bacterial infection. And we know in South Australia, we actually have a funded program. Our state government funds up the program here because just as you've described, we had some terrible situations with um, toddlers um, dying from the infection and some of them having multiple limb amputations, which means, you know... um, the challenges going yeah. forward with that sort of disability. Well, and I know um, after after I'd interviewed, um, you know, uh, the mum who'd lost her little one, I took my children straight out and and went and got them vaccinated against meningococcal yeah. B. I know that there are a Good lot of um, there are a lot of families who are in a similar situation, but the fact is, it is a very expensive um, vaccination uh, to go and and do out of your own pocket. So this program really is a great thing for the Northern Territory. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Helen, what have you learnt so far from the program and, and, you know, what learnings have been made that uh, that will hopefully help us in this space? Um, yeah, well, look, we, we already know we've been looking at um, uh, the young people in the study, whether they're actually carrying the bacteria, and we know that, again, about one in ten are carrying the bacteria. So, you know, again, so important um, to, you know, to have the vaccine to protect um, young people against the infection. The, we know that the government, the Commonwealth government, do fund the vaccine for Aboriginal um, infants as well because of their higher risk of meningococcal B disease. Um, what we're wanting to learn through this is um, through this study is to look at the impact of the meningococcal B vaccine when you're vaccinating young people that they're protected against the disease. That um, we're also looking at those rates of people carrying it in the throat. Um, and we're also looking at this really interesting cross-protection that's been shown in other countries around um, gonorrhea. So it may be that you not only protect against meningococcal B disease, but also um, partially protect against gonorrhea because the bacteria are so closely genetically linked. And so that's our other interesting question. So really just looking at over time after we've um, finished the study, we'll be looking at how rates of meningococcal disease and gonorrhea change in the Northern Territory. All right, so at this point in time, if people do still want to be part uh, of this study and part of, uh, you know, part of what has been extended, they're still able to do so, aren't they? They can register to be part of it? Yeah, that's right, absolutely. And we, so we're, um, the access to the vaccine uh, is very much through uh, the schools. So we have a, a, a group of, a um, great group of nurses uh, team up there that can go out to the schools and have been going out to the schools. Um, particularly at 10, 11 and 12 of so the senior schools. Um, but we're also now um, going to extend to um, middle schools. Yep. Uh, so please contact your school just to make sure that they are part of the study. And if they're not, um, please just ask the question why and we can certainly link our team in with the school. Um, but also out in um, remote communities, we're really hoping that um, our nurses can get out to as many of the remote communities as well just to make sure that We've got really good equity and that every 14 to 19 year old has the opportunity to be protected against meningococcal B disease. Now, once you've had that vaccine, is it something that you just have once? Do you need to have it again? Yeah, good question. It's a two doses, so two doses, two months apart. And because we're giving it at that that age, the 14 to 19 year age group, when the rates are highest in in the teenage years, that should um, provide enough protection through that um, 
high risk period, which is yeah. sort of 15 to 19 and then up to 24. So we don't expect you would need to have another dose um, after that. And Professor, why is it that we, you know, that we, we do the vaccine at that age and not when the kids are quite young? Yeah, no, really good question. So the incidence is actually highest in, in babies, in infants. At the moment, the um, vaccine, as I mentioned, is provided for Aboriginal infants at that age uh, because they have a six times higher risk um, than non-Indigenous babies. Uh, and then adolescence is another um, high-risk period. And so particularly where we're interested in protecting against both meningococcal B disease and also gonorrhea, this 15 to 19 year age group is, is the age group we've um, obviously chosen for mm. Um, this study. I've no doubt that I will have some parents who are listening this morning thinking, you know, I've got children who are under the age of five or uh, whatever age and they're wondering whether they need to to get their children vaccinated against meningococcal B. Yeah, look, I would be encouraging um, people to. As I said, I think we've got a flu, a nasty flu season that's already started and ahead of us and uh, I wouldn't hesitate. Just like you, as soon as the vaccine was available, Privately, I had my um, my three children vaccinated. They were more in that adolescent age group, but um, you know, I think I think it's important. I think if we've got a, a disease that's this severe, uh, then absolutely um, do what you can to have um, your infant or your young, you know, toddler. Um, or your teenager vaccinated and obviously through the study we can provide the vaccine free to um, the teenagers. Do you think that it is something that we should be looking at expanding like has happened in South Australia where you know maybe um, uh, younger children as well are able to get it for free? Yeah look I think I mean what we've shown in South Australia is that the vaccine is highly effective for both infants and adolescents it's about 96 percent effective um, for infants and 100% 100% effective uh, for adolescents. So, you know, with that very high um, effectiveness, protection against disease, um, you know, ideally we would have, you know, a program across Australia. Well, Project Lead, Professor Helen Marshall, we really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much for having a chat with me about Meningococcal B and uh, about this program that is uh, underway in the Northern Territory at the moment. Thank you so much, Katie, and thanks for the invitation. Very happy to give updates along the way too. That'd be great. Thanks so much. We appreciate it.